You are now listening to the Divorce Diaries podcast with your host. Well, that's a secret. No names, ages, or any other identifying characteristics will be used as we protect the young and innocent. You'll be taken on a journey as one man considers getting a divorce or remaining married. The Divorce Diaries daily entries chronicle the decision-making processes in real time as they unfold day by day. He hopes to add a bit of clarity to his sometimes muddled mess of a marriage. Cheating, overspending, sex, sadness, and betrayal are the characteristics of this marriage. Is he making the right choice? Welcome to The Divorce Diaries. Entire seasons are released on Patreon weeks before anywhere else at Divorce Diaries Podcast Patreon page. Link below in description. Now for today's episode. September 3rd, 2020, Divorce Diaries. I was walking through work today and I was just thinking about accountability and how I have sort of made this bet for myself that has me wanting divorce, almost needing it. Because um, I am a I am a very accountable person. And what I mean by that is not the pedestrian sense of being accountable, like, oh yeah, I'm accountable for my actions, like, you know, I didn't put the milk away. My bad. Not that. I mean that I would prefer to take all the blame for something that I am partial to blame for. And I realize that my wife is not accountable in the same way for the things that she's done. Whether it's the debt that she's accumulated for herself, it's always something that is, well, I only have this debt because, and then it's something external. I only have this because, I only have that because, this happened because, And yeah, everything has a because, but I had been trying to figure out why are there so many problems in my life that I'm able to solve. And 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 a lot of the times not repeat. I have a problem, I solve it. And then maybe I have this the this a similar problem, but it's not exactly the same. And it's like, I just, I figure out the differences and and I kind of solve that problem for myself, which is why I've gone from, I had like, I had like no debt um, for a very long time because I only worked off of um, debit cards. That, That was the only way that I ever worked. I just had the money in my checking account, used my debit card to purchase it. If I didn't have the money in my checking account, I didn't buy it. That was how I lived. And I had like, when I was really young, I had like no credit score. My wife, she had a really high credit score, but she had a lot of debt. I didn't understand it. And I'm like, wait, how do you have, how come I need a co-signer for this thing, this car, but I make as, I make as much money as I make and, and I don't have any debt. How do, she's like, well, that's not how credit works. And, and this is, this explains me in a, in a nutshell. I don't ever assume that I know everything or I know more than anyone. So with this specific thing, 
I had more money, way more money than my wife, but she had a much better credit score than I did. So I immediately didn't lean on the fact that, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm a smart guy. You're a dumb girl. Whatever, whatever I'm doing is right. That is not what I did. That's not how I think. That's not how I feel. I said, whoa, maybe I've got something wrong here. Can you, person that doesn't have any cash, can you help me understand how you have such good credit, but you have no money? She said, oh, I have credit cards. I'm like, I know. That's why you have debt. Like, what do you, what, what does this mean? What, what is this fallacy of the, the, the credit cards? How do you have credit? She's like, it's in the name. It, credit. I started with like a $200 secured credit line or something. It was secured against like 200 bucks I had in a, in a, in a debit account or something like that. I don't, I don't remember how exactly it started, but I would charge, you know, some gum and a shirt and this and that small things. And then I'd pay it off. And then my credit score would be created from that credit history that I built up. She was explaining something to me so easily that was so fundamental and so pedestrian to her and me being a 20 something year old, you know, had a couple of cars or something like that, I think, but I think all the cars that I had at that point were all like bought, bought with cash and, you know, for low, low nominal sums. And I'm like, okay, cool. But I'm learning this, this stuff that was so like basic and to her, but was so foreign to me. And that's when I realized right away, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like this person knows more than I do about this. And I can literally learn something from any and everyone. That is how I view the world. I can learn something from anyone, totally accountable. And I was also accountable in that, like, how did I not know this? That really sucks. Now let me do what I can to build credit. So I got one credit card with lots of trepidation because I didn't want to go into any debt. I didn't want that to be my life. I didn't want my life to be the upside down debt pool that my wife's was. I just wanted to somehow do it right, do it cleanly. I ended up amassing a little bit of debt, um, but I mean, everything was fine at first. It, like, it was just do it, pay it off, do it, pay it off. But then I, you, you let it get away from you a little bit, your first credit card or whatever. So then I'm like, wait, how much? Whoa, that's the interest. Whoa. And it would just snowball and then got myself into a little bit of trouble. And I already told you guys thoroughly in, in, in a lot of these podcasts about how my wife was putting the mortgage payment on a credit card and didn't tell me because I was being a bad husband and bad steward of money. I was not, I was not watching where the funds went. I just kind of bought them home. And just to recap, I bought the money, put it into a joint account, dumped it in there. And because I didn't want to watch the money going out and watch our account dwindle down to zero, I didn't want to write the checks or see the ledger decrease. I didn't want to see that. So I just bought it back, dumped it in the account and let her pay the bills. I guess she hit a snag somewhere. Money was a little short. Even though I was putting the same amount in, something came up. I don't know, a larger grocery bill, a medical bill. I don't, I don't really know. Something came up and she started charging the credit card for the mortgage payment. And after three or four months of that, when we were living almost hand to mouth, you know, um, definitely making ends meet paycheck to paycheck. And in that, 
she finally got to tell me after four months or five, I forget. Like, hey, I'm, I hate to tell you this, but, you know, the money's been a little bit short and it's just snowballed. And between the interest and now the new minimum payments, I'm not going to be able to make the minimum credit card payment. I'm like, wait, what What credit card? Like, and I think she said, like, the credit card's at $9,000 now. I'm like, 9000 Like, what? Oh, my gosh. Like, we, we've been talking about minimums. Like, what does that minimum make it? Like, like 200 bucks or something? Like, what, what is that? And we were so close to breaking even already. I think the we may have had um, seventy five to one hundred fifty dollars or something like that, like disposable income, like that didn't have a place to go every month. We were really tight, and I think the more <clears throat> I think the um, minimum payment on that credit card was something like two hundred to three hundred dollars, something like that that basically would take us under where we would just never get out of the debt, never. So we had to have a mass exodus from the house really quickly, sold it to one of those we buy houses people for coincidentally exactly what we owed on the damn thing. So whatever, we got screwed. And, um, and I didn't know any better. I didn't have any money education, typical um, lower, coming from a lower to middle class family with not much money education going on, like whatever, you know the story. That was a, that was probably one of the only times that um, my wife took the majority of the, no, not majority, but that's one of the only times where my wife took partial accountability for something that she did because I guess because it was a covert thing that she was doing for months that she knew she was doing. And she's like, yeah, but then she still spun that back on me and she's like, you weren't watching it. You weren't checking up on the money. I told you that we were a little bit short. And I'm like, when did you say that? I'm like, what was it? I told you, I'm like that one thing that you said that one time, that one month early on, like you weren't saying anything to me every day, like not, not every day, but like, Hey, like, remember that thing I told you yesterday? Like it's not resolved. Like there's no, how are we going to get the money to make this payment? Because we're going to have the same problem next month. And it wasn't this thing. I'm just, like I said, I was an idiot and I was not a good, I won't say I wasn't a good husband. I mean, I, that probably goes without saying, but what I'm, what I'm going to say next, I wasn't a good man. I wasn't protecting and providing and paying attention. I wasn't doing what needed to be done for my family. I wanted to avoid something. So extreme accountability. I watch um, a podcast. I watch a video podcast. And I think he also has a actual audio podcast. Jocko Wilnick. Um, good guy. Very good guy. And he preaches extreme ownership. I believe it's extreme ownership, but, but definitely extreme accountability. And I said to myself, what the hell? Why didn't you pay attention? This was your fault. And I'm not I don't take that back. I don't, well, I could easily say, well, no, she had the responsibility and it was her. No, that would be me being her. That would me, that would be me being a lesser version of me. I avoided looking at our money situation because I didn't like how it looked. That's what I chose to do. I put the power that I should have had 
and should have wielded, I gave it to my wife and then put my head in the sand like a little bitch. So what happens when the inmates run the asylum? Not good things. What happens when children are allowed to make adult decisions? Not good things. What happens when I gave my wife that is, let's say, financially irresponsible, I gave her the keys to the finances? That is not her fault. She did what she was supposed to do. She is not good with money, and I gave her money to manage. That is not her fault. I was an idiot for doing that. I was an idiot for not having extreme ownership and extreme accountability, like Jocko Wilnick says. That was me. That was my fault. That was my problem. Now, fast forward to today. As we've had those conversations over the years, hey, this is what you did, though. And the fact that you have amassed this debt and it's, it's, it's still being amassed and you make more money and you aren't paying anything. It's, you are doing the same money things that you've always done. But I am different now and I don't have to finance your irresponsible life anymore. I need to have extreme ownership if I want to have a better life. I cannot continue to stay married to someone that provides this level of stress for me. I either need to do what a lot of guys do. I need to provide for her and endure through her irresponsibility and her irresponsible decisions. We have a family, so it does make things more complicated. I don't want to leave the kids, but she will not change. I could make millions of dollars, but I'll still have my marital ideals, which are or were a woman with me as my life companion that treats our assets, whether monetarily or not, as something that she should protect. That's what I want in a life companion, a wife, a marriage. That's what I want. Can I get that with the person I'm with? No, I cannot. So it doesn't matter if I make a million dollars, two million, 10 million. It doesn't matter because no matter what, I've learned that my wife is a liar that doesn't take ownership because I would not be making this podcast. I'm telling you, I would not be doing this if she said, you know, no matter how many times you bring it up, I feel bad. And granted, most men don't bring up shit over and over again if it's acknowledged the right way at the outset. Like, hey, I just, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I don't know what I, I mean, I know what I was thinking when I made the first charge, but I don't know what I was thinking the subsequent five months when I was making the charges, knowing that it was going up, knowing exactly what I was doing and hiding it from you. Baby, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I did that to you. I'm so sorry that I did that to us. And I'm sorry I put us, our family at risk. I know that's why we had to move from where we are. I know that's why we're living in your mom's basement now. I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. I know I am the reason for this, which I would have met her with extreme ownership and accountability. 
I don't want you to beat yourself up. Don't do that. Don't take yourself this far down this path. Did you mess up? Yeah. But I left you out there to dry. And I've said this to her. I left you out there to dry. I put my head in the sand. I didn't want to know about what was going on. I wasn't, I was so uncomfortable with the fact that I was a man that wasn't making enough money for his family to live comfortably on. And instead of looking at that week after week, month after month, I chose to run and I left you with it. And I shouldn't have left you with it. And I've said that to her because I didn't want her to feel bad about what she did. I didn't want her to feel more bad than she should. I didn't want that for her. So I wanted to, like a man, I wanted to provide and protect. And I wanted to protect her from her, but I prevented her from experiencing or continuing, even to some degree, to experience some extreme accountability. Because I think the reason that I'm, I am where I am in life and I'm doing the things that I'm doing and I'm as comfortable as I am financially, and I know, when, when I say financially, I don't mean, oh, yeah, just because I have a little bit of money. That's not what I mean. I mean, when you find yourself in a comfortable financial position, not like I'm comfortable living in a cardboard box, not like that. You are literally comfortable by any objective measure. I do not have a yacht. I do not fly private. Nothing like that. I just have a home. I have savings. If I got fired tomorrow, I wouldn't worry for some months. There we go. That, in a nutshell, is comfort. I am comfortable. And the reason I'm comfortable is because I've done so many things a certain way over a span of time. So I've provided comfort for myself through habit, ritual, practice, career building, whatever. That's what I've done. And I had to learn that very hard lesson from providing for myself to giving over control out of discomfort and ego to my wife financially to pay bills. She fucks it up. We mass exit exodus a house that we probably had equity in move into my mother's basement and fucking suffer it out for a few years there before I'm able to get back on my feet, quote unquote, save up enough for a down payment and get a new place. I got to feel and experience extreme ownership and I made myself be extremely accountable and now I learned the lesson and I will never, ever, ever give anyone else the keys to the kingdom. I will never give anyone the keys to crash the car like I did before. I've watched my wife live her life her way and continue to crash the car. And she's got herself into better positions. And that's what happens with people. You still can't, you can't beat father time. You've got a career that continues to grow. Let's say you're a shit bag that works at the MVA, Department of Motor Vehicles. You just, you work at the DMV and you're starting at the information desk. I don't know, 10 bucks an hour. Now you're at the back, $12 an hour. Now you're in the, at one of the counters, you're $22 an hour. You've been there for 20 years and now you're $23, $24 an hour. And you're doing okay. You're living a good life. You're quote unquote comfortable. You've gotten out of the debt that you had 10 years ago. You did this, you did that. And now you're in a place where you can sustain yourself. You still have the same bad habits and bad practices, but enough time has gone by. You haven't shit the bed enough to find yourself fired and destitute. So things worked out. They worked out pretty good. 
And that's the thing that saves people that are losers or I, I, I don't even want to say losers, but I'm just going to say kind of like my wife that we're able to just kind of stumble through life without falling too hard or too far. So now she's at a place where she can, she's got a pretty decent salary and she can buy pretty much what she wants because she still doesn't pay for her life in full. So, like I said, it doesn't matter if I make one, two or $10 million. It doesn't matter because she will still always be this person that is bad with decisions, bad with money, hides things that she should tell me, cheats on me because I've even gone into the affair thing several times. I've, I've told you guys about that in the diary entries, but I personally believe that is an affair. What happened with that money? You were doing something covert behind my back that was affecting me and our family. You for months knew that there was a de deficiency and you for months hid that. And then many months later, you unveiled it to me. I've got something to tell you. We haven't, I've been charging the mortgage. I've been fucking the pool boy. I've been charging the mortgage payment. That's what you didn't said. That's what you did and said. You hit it. You knew what it was doing. You did it under the covers and it came out when it had to, or came out because Oh my gosh, someone just had to spill the tea. That's the only reason it came out. And then when it was brought to your attention, why the f that guy was, what are you doing? I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, it just, my friend introduced me to him and I just kind of, that's not extreme ownership. That's not extreme accountability. My head was in a horrible place. I'm sorry. I did the worst thing. I know how it affected our family. I'm so sorry. Can you forgive me? Please forgive me. I'll do whatever it takes. Enough of that. That might get someone to maybe quote unquote, take you back because you're asking to be taken back or the money. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I could, oh, can you please forgive me? I will never do that again. I will communicate with you. As a matter of fact, hey, I spent this on this. I spent, but no, what happened subsequent? Once Amazon started shipping shit, oh my gosh. Because before it was just, she was going to Target and always coming back with bags. Eh, socks, trinkets, mugs, towels, this, candles, that, toys for the kids. I'm like, did they need any? Like, what? What is happening? What are you doing? We don't have the money. We're trying to save for a down payment. I was trying to save for a down payment to get out of my mother's basement. She was not trying to save a dime to get out of there. She never saved a dime. Did I file the taxes? Did we get tax returns? Did I put those toward the down payment? Yes. And you know what? That has been actually thrown in my face very hard. We wouldn't have had that down payment if it weren't for the taxes. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me with the taxes? The amount of credit card debt that you had that you paid yourself out of 
that's money that we didn't have going into savings and gaining interest. A CD, the future for the kids, maybe their college, or a down payment for the house to get us out of my mother's dank basement. It doesn't matter how much I earn. It doesn't matter where I move. It doesn't matter the the comfortable life I provide for my wife. My wife is my wife and she will do whatever the fuck she wants to do with her time, her money, her body, anything. So for that reason, oh, I really want a divorce. Wow, that was the Divorce Diaries podcast. The Daily Saga will continue tomorrow. The full season's episodes are on Patreon now. Subscribe for early access. Click the Patreon link in the description. Hopefully, these entries help our anonymous recorder as a form of his own personal therapy. That's his hope and his intention. Will these recordings of life's curveballs lead this family to the best resolution in the end? We'll keep listening. New episodes are released daily on all podcast players, but all episodes are available on Patreon at Divorce Diaries Podcast Patreon page. Until next time.